Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jay here for for Paddock. That's Joe Smith. Manchester City 3, Manchester United 1. United losing at the Etihad again. First half, great. Second half, awful. Um, get involved in the chat and the comments. That's Mr. Joe Smith. Joe, Yeah. I mean, we said before the game, we were chatting, and if we were being brutally honest, put the bravado and the, the humour aside, the sort of the, the consensus amongst United fans was we were going to struggle. Yeah. We were going to struggle today. It could be a horrible day. It could be a cricket score. It could be, like you know, all those other things. Now, it wasn't that. In the first half, we took the lead and we had, you know, we had the lead for 57, or in, up to the 57 minute. In the second half, obviously, we were, you know, we were, we were leading. But once City got going, we really didn't have an answer for it, did, it, did we? Mm-hmm. And part of the, the sort of disappointing thing is we were kind of the architects of our own downfall with some of our defending, some of our decision making. And so... Some of our general play in that second half. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want it to be a thing where I sort of go back and, and criticise what at the time felt like good stuff because I, I don't like it when people, pundits do it all the time, where whatever the result is, then everything has to be funnelled into this lens. So City have won, which means everything United did was shit and everything City did was great, which I, I, don't, I don't buy into at all. But what I, what I will say is... I don't actually think City were that much better in the first in the second half than they were in the first half. I just think United seemed to get a bit tired. The gaps got bigger, certainly. You know, their their uh, second goal in particular, you saw a gap that hadn't been exposed all game. That running behind, um, and United had just pushed out a little bit to try and get back into the game, and it, and it, and it caught us out. But I I do think that United, I don't want to say did all they could because there were mistakes, and it's a little bit of a you know, we're just a shit small club trying our best. But I don't know what what else United had. I, I, that's the thing that pisses me off. That's the thing that upsets me. And that I think we have to change and that Ineos and whoever it is need to move towards is closing the gap between us and City. Because for the whole game, I know it's, it, it, some of it is impacted by the fact that, that we scored first, so then you're more likely to sit back. But the whole game was us defending and them attacking, wasn't it? Yeah. All of it was that. Except 
a, a two minute, five minute, maybe five minute spell in the first half where we got a goal, and maybe a five minute spell in the second half where we looked a little bit dangerous be, just before their goal. But other than that, it was seventy five percent possession. What was it? Seventy four percent possession to them. Twenty seven shots to our three. You know, these aren't stats where you come out winning. And 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 the other thing, again. I've been critical of, of Ten Hag's tactics and the lack of shape that we've seen so far this season. I don't even think there was a lack of tactics. I thought that was all we could do. But that's what makes me so sad is that's all we've got against a team like Man City at the minute. We don't have a head-to-head, you, you go, we go, you go. Even like, you know, again, I fucking hate that we're using this as the example, but you look at how Liverpool play against him and they'll, you know, City will still have more possession. But... Every time they get the ball, they look dangerous, and they've got players that the work rate, the 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 the, the options off the bench, the patterns of play that they've been sort of working on for nearly a decade now under Klopp. They've got that sort of muscle memory to try and find a way against Man City. United don't really have any of that, and we've got big injuries to big players. The bench, you know, you look at the players who came on, and I'm not even going to go from a quality perspective, but you know, Anthony, Cambuala, Forson, and Amrabat, I think, were the subs. You know, none of those are starters. None of those are players that play regularly, really, for Manchester United at this point. Um, and that's what we've got to, got to bring on to try to win a game against, you know, Man City at home or Man City away for us. Um, it's not really enough, and United just don't have enough. We don't. It's sad. We don't, and it is sad. And you're right. But the annoying thing for me is, yeah, as well, I just feel like some of your bigger players need to be better at key moments. I think there's moments in that game where we just see little lapses of concentration or b- bad decision making mm. uh, that cost us from players that are capable of so much more. Like Rashford, brilliant to see him get that goal, a fantastic goal. But then he, he faded massively in the second half. And then even like, I think it was led up to the equaliser, he's going to so car walking. Maybe you say, okay, you know. He got muscle off the ball. I know Marcus Rashford can do better than that. He can. I'm not blaming him completely for this performance because he got the goal. But he can be better there. Yeah. Casemiro can be better when he's letting Foden go. And when he makes that little flick up to Amrabat for the pass. I know Amrabat made a dog's dinner of it. But it doesn't help him. No. Putting him under unnecessary pressure. Victor Lindelof. I know he's not a left back. And we've been say- I was saying before the game, me and you did the preview. I don't want to see him at left back. But he's been at United for a long time now. He's a seasoned defender. You got, there's no real excuse that you're out, oh, I'm, I'm not a left-back, when you're not getting close enough to Phil Foden. To the point where he's just basically got a free shot on it. He yeah. can set himself and he can just take, you can do the shot he wants. There's no pressure on him. There's not, you know, and I think Ryan Opp was pointing out, I think he sticks out his left leg rather than his right, mm. which is just weird. So players that have, you know, got a lot of experience and can do better at key moments yeah. let us down there. And then you look at the points you make, which are, f- are just as valid. They go, they go on their bench sitting, and they go, right, we'll take off Doku and we'll bring on, I don't know what the, I thought it was, was it Julian Alvarez yeah. For, yeah. For, for the sub, you know, a World Cup winning striker whose ratio for City is basically one in two. You look as well, they've got, I don't. I think uh, Gavardiol didn't even get off yeah. the bench. Was he 80 million quid? 80 million. million who's the other kid they spent? Is it Nunes? Nunes, the, 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 50-60. He's on about Kovacic, who's, yeah. who's a very good player, good at Chelsea, Premier League experience, has done really well at City. He do not get off the bench. You look at us and it's either kids or players who we know aren't good enough. Yeah. I know, right, and we, you know, you, I know you've defended him like you, you do with every United player and I respect that, but I know Anthony ain't good enough. I know he's not. Yeah, 
I know Sofian Amrabat isn't the player we hoped he would be. He just isn't. And, you know, I'm not blaming them. It's like there's a ceiling there, perhaps, for him that's just not the levels you want. But these are the options you've got. Omari Forson, I hope I'm wrong. He might be, you know, one of the best players you've ever seen moving forward. You know, he might have a glittering career in the next 15 years. But the jury's out. He might not even be a Premier League player. We don't know. And yet he's been thrown into this sort of mix now where he's been brought on at the Etihad to help us win a game against the treble winners, yeah. albeit with 115 charges over him. And you look at the quality there, you just think it's either kids, even Willie Kimwala, again, another good young player. I'm not, not, I'm not having a dig at the youngsters. My point is, yeah. is we're bringing on untried, untested youngsters or players who we know deep down aren't good enough. They're bringing on World Cup winning stars or not even bringing off the bench players they've spent 70, 80 million quid on who are mint. That's the, that's the gulf you've got between us and, us and City at the minute. And it's such a massive gulf that Eric Tanaga's got to fix. Or if it's not going to be him next season, Ineos and whoever the manager they bring in is, have got to deal with it. Because I'm not saying Tanaga or anything like that. I'm saying Ineos might look at it and go, he's not our guy. But whoever comes in has got a huge task on the hand. Because it isn't going to be three or four signings and United are winning the Premier League. It's going to be quite a few because you look at the squad, not just the 11, the squad. Because don't forget, we're missing key players in the 11. So, you know, I'm not forgetting that point. But you look at the squad, I think the big problem you've got is you've got to bring in a lot of quality that you haven't got. And I think some of the players that you look at and you go, well, he's not a problem. He's a good player. Well, actually, you might have to replace him. Mm. I don't know if Casemiro's going to get any better. And I think this season, he's been very up and down. Can you rely on him? Is he a player you go next season? Yeah, he'll be your guy. I'm not so sure. Marcus Rashford, he gave that interview, Players Tribune, scored a great goal. But there still like seems to be this debate going on about Marcus, what we're going to do, is he, is he happy, all this sort of stuff. There's, there's so many different players, even the ones that you think are established and you don't have to worry about, where you go, actually, Varane's another one. A great, you know, I don't think he was particularly bad today. Great player, won the lot. But he's, what, is he 31? Mm -hmm. And you might have to replace him. So I just feel there's so much to fix at United. It's almost depressing. Uh, in fact, it's depressing. What's the comment saying, bro? Yeah, Nick Collins says, bringing on Forson, who isn't ready, in my opinion, against City of all teams, along with Anthony's. Anthony, who's going to do nothing, is mental. If I'm Ahmad, I'm seriously considering if I should leave or not. I mean, no offence to Ahmad, but the, the maybe he is considering whether he wants to leave or not. But I can't... Stop repeating. If Ten Hag thought Ahmad would win us the game and over Forson, he would bring him on. We're so thin on options. It's not like he goes, Ahmad's amazing, but you know, I just want to wind everyone up on, on social media, so I'm not going to bring him on. I'm not saying that managers always get every decision right, and he may be blindly picking Forson over Ahmad you know, for bad reasons or for mistaken reasons, but I do think that no one sees more of Ahmad playing than... than, than um, than Ten Hag. No one on earth sees him play more football than Ten Hag, let alone us. I don't, I don't understand why we don't see more of Ahmad, but I also don't see, I haven't seen enough from Ahmad where I go, he has to play all the time. And I don't know if Ahmad is going to win you that game. I, ju I just don't think he is. Brian Kevill says, if you think we were going to win you crazy, light years behind, we were destroyed, mind number rubbish. We could have won. It wasn't impossible, but this is the thing. You play out these scenarios 10 times, six times it looks like that, Three times they absolutely batter us, and one time United get a win. Do you, do you know that's what? It, that's, yeah. that's it. It's it's little it's shit. Li it is shit. Little things as well that, that don't help. I mean, obviously the injuries we've got to key players like Hoyland and uh, Martinez and Shaw are so essential to us. Also, when Onana got that injury, he couldn't he, like he couldn't go long anymore. Yeah, and that fucked us. That 
That really did. I'm not saying if that doesn't happen within the game, but it it contributes to for the loss because he stops playing it long and starts playing it short, and then especially for that third goal, we get ourselves in a pickle. Yeah. And and they they score a goal that ends ends the game basically wins them the game outright. Like there's no sort of debate left in that. You know maybe we can get an equaliser or whatever. So that doesn't help. But you know you're just looking at a squad that's just far stronger. Yeah. Than, than the one we've got and I think that whilst this season Eric Tanag there's been a lot of games where I think he should do better Fulham should have done better Bournemouth should have done better Brighton, Crystal Palace you know the games you, I don't need to go on about it but I do feel almost today like with the options he had available to him there wasn't a whole lot else he could have done yeah. like someone's mentioning that he could have brought Amadon yeah okay I get that argument and I personally probably would have done but I don't think that's the game changer and I think when you look at that team it wasn't that dissimilar to a team I'd expected him to pick. Yeah. I thought he might do that. I thought he might stick with an extra man in midfield, even though he says it wasn't. And basically, having Bruno there as a, as a right winger, he wasn't a right winger. Then you've got um, Marcus down the middle. I thought that made more sense than playing Scott McTominay as a striker. Uh, Johnny Evans and, and Raphael Varane. Well, you've got no Maguire and you've got no Lissandro Miners. What else are you doing? Are you starting Kambuala? Yeah. Are you putting Lindelof at centre back and not having a left back? I don't know. So we've got no left backs fit. We've got no strikers yeah. fit. Like that's not. We've got a fucking thirty-five-year-old loney who, ten years ago, was deemed not good enough for Manchester United. Coming back in and starting for us and playing well as well in Johnny Evans. But like we let him go because he wasn't at the standard ready for United. Now he's thirty-five. All of a sudden, he's he's good enough to, to, to you know, to push us to to Man City levels. It's not. He's not. And that's no diss to him because he played well. But we have to look at the the realities of the squad. Look at the you know we, we've got the the game on in the background the the the, the punditry. I, we can't hear it. Just look at the body language of Roy Keane and Michael Richards. They expected this. There's no energy to him. There's no excitement. Michael Richards should be giddy and happy. I don't know what he's saying, but he's not. You know this isn't a a smiley happy. We can't believe it. This is what everyone thought would happen. Roy Keane sat there looking flat. We knew this would happen. And that doesn't mean it's acceptable, or that we go, oh great, Ten Hag's brilliant, you know, Man United are brilliant because we lose to City and we knew that would happen. It's shit and it needs fixing, but you can't, they've got a full strength side there. Have they got anyone missing? I can't think of anyone. I think Grealish wasn't Grealish, available. Fuck but that. He's, he's not turned up since the trophy parade about six months ago, so he don't count. Like, they've got a full strength side at Man City, at home, pushing for a title, the sixth title is eight years or whatever it would be. United have got no strikers at all, zero, no left backs, zero, fucking, we've got a 35-year-old lonely playing centre-back, our best midfielder this season is an 18-year-old who's playing his 17th or 18th game for Man United, there's no comparison, and the reason there's no comparison is because we've been fucking mismanaged on and off the field for f nearly 20 years, or not, mis no, we weren't mismanaged by, um, Sir Alex, but we mismanaged off the field for that time. Like, these are the gaps that open up over time. These gaps get wider and wider and wider. It's unbelievable where we are. And like I said, no one is surprised by this. No one didn't see this coming. Someone in the comments, I think Ridwan says, even Bournemouth managed double-digit so shots against City. We only had eight touches in the opposition half. Whilst you, you're right, that was at Bournemouth, first of all, and City beat Bournemouth 6-1 at this ground with Bournemouth having one shot on target two months ago. So I don't think that's quite a fair comparison. What I will say is 
I would still have liked United to have done a little bit more. I think that the fact that we didn't have a shot in the second half, regardless of who we're playing against, isn't good enough. But people are out on their feet. Bruno Fernandes is... Been, I thought was brilliant in the first half, didn't do anything in the second half, but he got injured against Fulham. He played 90 minutes or most of the game, I can't remember, uh, in midweek, starts again today and plays. We're just threadbare and the squad that isn't, you know, even if everyone's fit, the squad's still not that good. I, I'd give Bruno a pass today. I thought he was I good. I thought he did yeah. well today. I know, I know it wasn't an amazing performance, but I thought it was decent enough, especially when you compare it to some of his teammates. I thought he did well. I thought Johnny Evans did well. I thought Varane was okay as well. I thought, you know, Varane did well and probably being a bit harsh there, just saying okay. I thought Casemiro fell off a cliff. Silly mistakes and not tracking Foden was just un inexcusable. Um, Delo, I thought, did well. Lindelof, he's not a left-back, but even so, he should have done better with that Foden um, equaliser. I think it was the equaliser, wasn't it? Rashford got his goal, but other than that, especially in the second half, offered very little. Ganacho, full of energy as he always is, but it looked like he... He looked leggy. He looked like someone who'd run out of ideas and looked a bit tired. And, and he plays every week. He plays every week and he's 19. Yeah, I know. He should be getting managed. You look at Phil Foden today, right? Phil Foden smashed it. Phil Foden, right? And obviously, pays it to say, he's got worldly talent, right? There's no denying it. I don't think I can remember in my lifetime, and being genuine, and I'm even going back to Class Night 2, a team that focused on one player through the academy and give him the best sort of way into that first team. They've handled him so well in terms of getting him into the first team you have a few games in this season you have a few minutes next season you have a few more mm. the following season you start starting a few games in the cups and what have you then the fourth you know what i mean they've yeah. proper brought him in gradually he hasn't been thrown in like we have done for youngsters for the last 10 years where you go right you're playing every week until you're knackered and then you stop playing and we'll drop you for six months yeah. he hasn't had that or he hasn't been where right you're playing it you know right back this week striker next week it's sent him in next week He's been brought in over time in a team that is successful, in a team that is winning, in a team that has so much possession. And it's very rare you get a player in this day and age at a top club that is brought in in such a way. And he, he's benefited from that, but also the fact that he's got that talent. And, it, and it, you look at that compared to someone like Garnacho, who goes from being a substitute to starting every single week. Every single week. And he goes from playing on the right to playing on the left to back again. I mean, I love Alejandro Garnacho. I think he's a great guy, a great uh, player, sorry. But you look at how we sort of handle these youngsters. It ain't great. No. It isn't. And like even Kobe Mainu, you've got to manage his minutes. You have. Yeah. I know he got his 18. He can play every week. You know, but you need to make sure he can. You need to yeah. keep your eye on that. Because he might need times when he needs a bit of a breather. Because he's gone from never playing Premier League football to playing it every week. Every and he's game. 18. He's still growing. So you've just got to be mindful how you, you develop some of these players. Because whilst it's easy to be sort of gloomy, and we have been, because we're miles behind City, it doesn't look like we're going to get top five anymore especially after Spurs and Villa both winning and the way they won this weekend is really yeah, frustrating I know got uh, loads of super chats sorry I, I'll, yeah, I'll just end on this and I'll let you get yeah. into the super chats no no you're right I just feel that one sort of plus that we have this season you look at Hoyland you look at Maynard you look at Garnacho we've got three young players who potentially could be world class I believe that I'm not saying they're there but you can see the talent is there on that trajectory. Think if they carry on, you could have three world-class players. You could build your team around, but you have to handle them the right way. We saw it with Hoyland when he came and he wasn't fit, and there was like question marks, and we kind of played him a bit anyway. We've got to stop all that and make sure we're looking after these youngsters because that's the only way we're going to sort of move forward fully because we can't just keep relying on our transfers. Sorry, bro. Go yeah, on. I know Burnside got... is back. Uh, says, Joe, we can't win every week. You can't lose 11 games and have a minus two goal difference when you're the manager of Man United. 27 shots to two. Disservice to Solskjaer to draw a comparison. I miss him. 
I don't, I mean, I don't know if I even said you can't win every week. I don't know when I said that. But I don't think that, you know, I, I loved United under Solskjaer, but we didn't win a trophy, did we? We didn't push to that next level. I don't think that that's, you know, the the, the end goal here isn't what we were under Solskjaer. That would be a nice step along the way. But, you know, I, I agree with you. You can't be losing 11 games. You can't be conceding 27 shots to two. Um, I know City are good. Um, but still, you know, it, it, it's not good enough. Uh, Red Army says, that's it for Ten Hag now. Time to go. No style of play. Awful football for two seasons and playing like a relegation side. Scared of the football. Abdullah Ibrahim says, we slowed down too much in the second half. When we did eventually get on the ball, we lacked the courage to do what was needed. Bigger balls needed. I do think we slowed down. I think some of that's tiredness and fatigue, like general tiredness, but also in the game. And also, like we said before, people like uh, Kobe Mainu, Dallo, Garnacho, um, you know, all playing really their first big, big minutes for, for Man United. I know Dallo's been here a long time, but he's been first choice this season and played almost every game, um, despite never really being first choice before. Um, PJ says, I don't think this is uh, the players not playing. Ten Hag is the worst manager we've had post Fergie. Even Rangnick was better. Well, he wasn't, was he? No. No, let's just like, like genuinely, yeah. You might not like tonight, right? And you might question. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't blame anyone that does. I don't blame anyone that says a manager who's lost 11 league games by beginning of March isn't good enough for Manchester United. I understand that. I personally would stick with tonight, but I understand the argument that, that you wouldn't because it is difficult watching this most weeks. It's not every week because we've had a good run in February until the Fulham game, but watching a lot of this football, seeing these results, the fact that we've got a goal difference of minus two isn't good enough. And I'm not going to pretend it is. But... He won a trophy, he finished in the top three. Ralph Ragnick was fucking terrible as United manager. He yeah. was just, his was football just a disaster. Was, it was a disaster start to from start to finish. The football was trash, the decisions didn't make any sense whatsoever. And we were out of the cup competitions to Middlesbrough and the Atletico as well. And he was handed a team that had just got into the top four, I think, after beating Arsenal under Michael Carrick and had just got out of groups in the Champions League after the, was it the draw at Atalanta or whatever it was. So he wasn't given a team that was massively in decline. He was given a team that, OK, was struggling, but there was enough tools there to kick on and maybe see out the season and, and do well. He still had a big chunk of the season left as well. And other than his press conferences, which were box office, he didn't get anything right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, you might be being a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I don't think Eric Tanai is the worst manager of Adpol's Fergie. Of course he's not. I'd probably say, you know, I'd say Moyes and, and Ragnick was definitely worse. If not, you know, there's one or two others as well. Um, discombobulate with a good point here, actually. And I think it says, the most lacklustre derby I've seen, one yellow card. I do think there is something to the fact that United's players seem to expect that mm. and it wasn't a game where it, it got a bit heated it got a bit tense when City scored some late tackles it's sort of like the players went oh my god we're in the lead right keep doing what we're doing okay we're doing quite well this is going oh the shit they've scored oh shit they've scored again we've lost and there wasn't that like come on let's fuck at least go into them if we're going to lose at least show them that you know we're, we're here to fight we want to win it was well they're probably just going to pass the ball around now and we won't be able to get it off them and we'll lose oh look that's what's happened I don't think yellow cards is necessarily like you want, you want your team to be fighting or you know scrapping but there was a lack of if we if this isn't working this way let's try doing it this way it was that's not worked that. Oh, well, we've lost now. Do you know what I mean? I did think it did lack a little bit of fight and fire that you would maybe expect to see in a typical derby. But it's like these players have been ground down by this Man City team so much in recent years where they just sort of went, 
yeah, this is probably about right. We're probably just going to lose now. Yeah. Um, Josh W says, I think we played well for 60 minutes. Once again, changes came in. It fell apart. Injuries did hamper us, but on to the next. Uh, Brian Kevill says, didn't Liverpool beat Chelsea with a kid with kids and a bare-bones squad last week? Um, well, they had a... Right, hang on a minute. Yeah, come yeah, on. Go like, on let's, let's be realistic here, right? Liverpool beat the shittest Chelsea team in 30 years. Like, yeah. statistically, Chelsea are trash, yeah? There's a good chance the manager gets sats within the next month or so. The, the woeful, like, they genuinely are. And yet, Liverpool beat him. But Liverpool also had the likes of Virgil van Dijk playing for him. It wasn't like it was yeah. a complete like, set of kids. The average age of the, the Chelsea team was younger than the, the, the Liverpool team. And also, yeah. that has got fuck all to do with going to the Etihad and yeah. playing the current Premier League it's, champions. It's so ridiculous, because also... Like, that's got nothing to do with today's game Chelsea, whatsoever. Yeah, Chelsea had loads of chances to win that game. So it wasn't like they absolutely got like dominated them. And also, like you said, Liverpool team was older than Chelsea's, yeah. and Chelsea are fucking shit. How have we got this narrative being painted about that cup final that the underdogs Liverpool, who are top of the league, playing against the shittest Chelsea side in 30 years? Oh my god, we can't believe they did it! We can't believe a team that's got fucking 30 points more than them this season managed to squeak past them in fucking stoppage time. Fuck off. Anyway, I don't get like I get the night. I don't get that. Don't make any sense. That's like saying, "Oh my god, the plucky little Liverpool team who were top of the fucking league managed to beat an awful Chelsea side." Listen, Crazy. I anyway, I appreciate your comment, your chats, and that. But I, like, don't. I don't. I no, don't. I do really. I don't joking. agree. That's like saying, you know, fucking oh, hell, Wigan beat City at the cup final eight years ago, whenever it was, or ten years ago. Why can't we? It's like, it's different fucking game, isn't it? It's completely... Also, as well, not to make excuses, because I thought United could have and should have done better, but I think some of the games recently have given City a bit of a wake-up call. Like, the the, Bour the Bournemouth game, I don't think they played well. Mm. The Chelsea game, they didn't play well. And I think it sort of rattled them a bit, where they're like, look, we've got to fix this. We've got to, we can't just be turning up and expecting to win games. Also, that late, late winner for Liverpool yesterday... That would have had obviously an effect on City, where they go into this game today knowing anything less than a win, and they're in trouble because they've got to go to Anfield as well. And also, City's run is far more hard than um, Liverpool's. So, I just feel that you know, it's. I'm not saying it was good enough today; it wasn't. But I think certain things aligned against us to make it sort of harder. And the fact that City would be. Even more so, not that they need much motivation for a derby, but even more motivated after the way things have gone for them personally, for their team recently, and what happened at uh, the City ground yesterday with uh, with Liverpool against Forest, where basically you know the referee give Liverpool the win. Um, Jackson Reynolds said, "Why did Ten Hag and Crew send back Reguilon? Was that a good move? No, I don't think it was. No, if, if, if Malassi was back, I get it, but no, I don't it, there's no there's that. no logic to that, is that? No, I'm not, I, I defend Ten Hag and I stick up for him and I'll say you give him however, but that was a stupid move because yeah. you could literally say to the board or whatever, look." Don't let him go. I need him, and they would yeah. have said, "Right, okay." If like, Luke Shaw gets injured, which he always does, I've yeah. got no left. Yeah, and yeah. they would have gone. And I'm not saying Sergio Regulon means we win today, but he might have. He might have not not necessarily win today, but he might have been there for that equaliser. Yeah, it might have made a difference. He might have, you know, we might be looking at a different scoreline. All these little fine margins matter. And just not having a left back for months is just ridiculous. Yeah, Jonathan Hanley says Arsenal and Liverpool both gave managers time through bad seasons to build. We'll never get out of the rebuild phase if we always restart it every three years, or not even two years in this case. 
Um, I agree. I do, it's not. I'm not saying that I know Ten Hag is the perfect manager for Man United, and I trust him no matter what, and he's never made a mistake. What I do think genuinely is, I don't think we've seen the best of what Ten Hag is about. I think this, the circumstances he's been under as Man United manager have not allowed us to see what Ten Hag is truly about. And I think until we've seen that, and hopefully with Ineos and a bit more time, we will see it. We can't even make a, a, a true judgment of how good he is. I don't. I honestly don't think we can. Abunav Verma says we beat Chelsea with McTominay midfield. What sort of shit comparison is that? Yeah, we beat Chelsea as well. So don't you know? Anyone can beat them. Um, but yeah, United. And I'd, can we just yeah. before we put us on? Can if you're watching, can you put a subs link in the chat? So I think we've got quite a lot of people watching. And subs have gone um, through the roof today, which is great. We want to get to seven. 150,000 subscribers by the end of the season. We all support, we can do that. Also, we've got some more content coming up from members. We've had quite a lot of people join a membership uh, over the last week or so in particular. On Friday, there was loads. I think someone gifted 100 memberships on Friday, Fucking which hell. was phenomenal. Um, so forgive me, I've forgotten Amazing. the chap's name, but big thank you to them and big thank you to everyone who supported Stretford Paddock for the last four years. Uh, we do appreciate your support. And in pre-season, we are going to be out and about as well. We're going to be over, going over to America um, and it's thanks to you guys that that is possible. Um, Joe, anything else to add before nope. we wrap up, my brother? No. Nope. Um, listen, I fucking hate City. Yeah. We're fucking cheating bastards, and it's fucking shit that we've lost to them. Again. Again. But we'll be back. We're Man United. We've been through fucking all sorts, and we'll always bounce back. So might take a little while, but we'll get there. Uh, that's been Joe Smith, RBJ Motty. This has been Live Review, Manchester United. Losing free one at the Etihad. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.